Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome back. Another great episode. And today, zooming in, we've got our special guest, Alex Pal. And I'm looking forward to our conversation because Alex is definitely, don't take this the wrong way, Alex, a real estate weirdo. And I say that with love and affection because let me tell you something. You know, pretty much everybody who listens to this podcast, definitely everybody who's on this podcast is what I call a real estate weirdo. But Alex got started super early. He read most of Robert Kiyosaki's books by the time he was 16 years old, which is definitely a way earlier than most of us. Heck, Kiyosaki's books weren't around when I was 16 years old, for granted. I was not thinking at all about real estate investing at that age. Uh, so he, he not only read the books, he took action, and he's built up a very good portfolio in Canada, as well as in the States. So Alex, welcome to the show. Great to have you. Thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be on the on the show. Appreciate well, it. It's a, it's a pleasure to have you here. So I told everybody a little bit about how you got into real estate investing, but maybe unwrap that a bit. Be, scratch the, the memory sure. banks. And what was it at age 16 or 15 or 14 that inspired I, you to take a look at real estate? Yeah, I had no ambitions towards real estate. Initially, I didn't even know what real estate investing was, like all growing up through most of high school. But when I was 14 years old, I was working on my uncle's tool and die shop. And I got to learn very quickly what working long hours, weekends, evenings, you name it was. And I saw the guys at the shop and they were just kind of, you know, sluggish because, you know, sometimes you don't see your families for a long time, sometimes kind of young kids. And I was just a 14 year old kid. Yeah. But uh, I used to go and fix my car at my cousin-in-law's place in Toronto. I used to have this bright purple Hyundai accent that I used to drive in. He had an auto body shop in downtown Toronto somewhere. So he let me use the hoist and yeah. change my clutch and all that kind of stuff. And he was in the process of getting into real estate investing. And in fact, he had just bought a triplex uh, in downtown Toronto. And I remember that was, you know, he was kind of talking to me a little bit about passive income. And I was sitting here making $7 and change an hour yeah. and I had saved up enough money to buy this car. And it seemed like this monumental effort to, to buy this car. And then he's telling me about how you can actually make money while you sleep. So mm. I, he, he handed me the first book and it was um, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. And then the yeah. other one he gave me was uh, Investing in Canadian Real Estate Using the Acre System by Don Campbell. Yeah. not sure if you know the book. And I devoured those two books. I couldn't, like, I can still remember the story of like Richard and his wife and, you know, he's struggling to kind of get out of the rat race. Uh, but those two books that were set up very much like a story. And I think that's a lot of the times why people recommend those two books is because you can kind of close your eyes and envision that within yourself. And even as a young guy, all of a sudden I'm reading these, I'm like, this is possible. This is, you know, I could change my mindset towards how, how to, you know, become financially literate and I can use that to to become successful and so all through it was the, the hardest part was the patient game because yeah. you know during end of high school and then through college and university I mean you're not you're not earning much so it's hard to be able to to enter the the real estate force but I used to go get these like free flyers for these like seminars and you know you yeah. go there and people will be looking to sell their 
you know, fifteen thousand dollar programs. I didn't have fifteen grand, but I would like suit up and I'd go there and I'd sit at the back and I'd listen, you nice. know, and try and get some free swag and I'd buy the book or whatever. But um, <laughs> that's how it worked. <laughs> it's funny. Like all of a sudden, you just put yourself into these positions where you're repeating yourself, and it's like it's like working out your brain muscle. And then all of a sudden, it like seems unnatural to do the other way. So even when I got out of university instantly i got i was working at acon every single penny went into saving for a down payment save for a down payment at five percent down put all my money into fixing another bedroom in the basement i house hacked it and i was making like 600 bucks a month living in my own property oh there you go so you like you, you created that proof of concept for yourself totally and instantly i was like like you know when you buy your first property it's you know you kind of buy you're doing it by yourself it's overwhelming you don't know exactly what you're doing and i used to think of like i don't know how people buy more than one house i am like drowning right now and then yeah. you buy a second and you're like i don't know how people buy you know Three. more than two <laughs> houses or whatever and then all of a sudden you're like yeah i closed on like 15 properties this year or something it's not a big deal right it's just yeah. kind of you start to it's like elastic you know you start to stretch the band of what your uh, competency is and what your comfort level is so well, tell tell me a little there. bit about your journey then. So it sounded like it sounded like pretty close out of university. You got into your first house that you house hacked yeah. with the rental room in in the basement. Yeah. And then where did it go from there? And and more or less, you know, what does your portfolio look like now, Alex? Yeah. So first property I bought was in Hampton Mountain for one hundred eighty six thousand dollars. That was the one that I house hacked. I still own it to this day. And then while I was making money in this own, my own property, Acon actually was kind of bringing me back to the office and the office at basically Cambridge. So I was looking at properties in Cambridge, Kitchener. I ended up buying one in Forest Heights in Kitchener, which is a dynamite area. And it was a property perfectly laid out to duplex. And I wanted to go through the permit process. I probably lost like two years of my life doing that by myself, but I successfully made it through every check part point from the inspectors and I actually legally duplexed this building and then I rented the upstairs out so I could get more rent. Yeah. I lived in the basement and it just so happened that my best friend had just graduated university and was going to move into the area. So I had a bedroom rented out for him at a, at a good rate, obviously he's a good buddy. But yeah. so once again, I'm I'm living with a roommate and I've got the upstairs rented out. And then at eight and, and you've kept that first property, which is now completely a rental yeah, yeah. yeah and so uh so then the next property actually i had teamed up with some guys at acon we were you know, I was telling them i had a rental property and they were kind of excited about it and we did a flip in dundas uh, just outside of hamilton and uh we worked all summer on this flip and i'm telling you that is the school of flip all summer we sold this place and i and collectively we made 256 dollars and it was like every single day we were there, like you'd work at your day job from like eight o'clock until five, you drive all the way to Dundas, you work from like six o'clock till midnight, drive home, do rinse and repeat. It was terrible, terrible. Like totally, if you want to kill somebody's ambitions of doing a flip, that is how to do it. And so the other two guys that I'm with, actually one got into the buy and hold uh, game as well. So like, and he's actually, they're both still very, very good friends of mine. Um, but the other one, he completely kind of pulled out. He's like, not for me. So after that one, I was <laughs> that, like, you know that what cured him of, of real estate investing forever. Yeah. yeah. As I was networking with people, the fundamental rule is you got to make your money on the buy and you can't touch a hammer. 
you want to do fun projects, do them on your own house, but never, uh, you know, do them on a flip because your carrying costs are just going to kill you. So the second flip that I did, I made more in that three month period than I did for a whole year salary at Acon as a junior engineer. Right. Wow. And so for me, but you never touched the hammer on the second one. And I never touched that. Well, you know, I picked up the broom a couple of times just to make sure it looked nice for showings. But anyway, it was, uh, it was very nerve wracking, you know, doing it by yourself once again. And at that point, when I had finished that flip, it was like, okay, well, I need to figure out how to get to the face of real estate because I want to do this full time, but I need some way to supplement my income from my day job. So I decided to get my real estate license and then I joined a high performing real estate team that dealt a lot with investments in Hamilton. So uh, that's how I kind of cut my teeth in the sales side of the business, which, uh, which I really enjoyed. I learned a ton from, and from there it was just like, okay, let's start buying the next one, the next one. And all of a sudden, you know, a partnership opportunity came up and we did a, a joint venture. And next thing you know, I'm doing a flip while I'm doing another renovation project. One, And then it starts to kind of scale up. And I mean, now we have 83 units. Wow. Um, nice. With about six more in the backlog right now that we're just kind of working on. Um, so that consists of, we've got two apartment buildings, one in St. Catharines and Hamilton. We own an apartment building in New Brunswick uh, as well. Uh, we own a number of duplex, triplexes, fourplexes. Um, we're just about to sell our second flip in, in Columbus, Ohio. So that's been kind of a new venture is to explore what it would be like to do a virtual flip. So I've never seen the property. I've never met the contractors face to face in person. I've never met the agents or the wholesalers or any of it. But to do, like, I spent six months creating this system around how to do a flip virtually because we've done so many here locally now. Yeah. And it was crazy to sit behind your desk and you're kind of tapping your chair, like, uh, should I be there? What should I do? You know, and the next thing you know, we, it, it happens, it sells. Everything was right on cue. Everyone knows their roles and they're accountable for it. And, we ended up making just over $20,000 on our first flip in about two and a half months. So, well, that's not bad. All from the comfort of your desk without, and those are USD as well. So that's even that's better. US dollars. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's, um, it's why I love this industry. You can just do all these crazy things. You know, you want to get into property management. You want to go into, like, I know people that just, pri- well, of course, you know, these people too, I'm sure that just privately lend. You have a million bucks and you lend that out at 10%. That's a hundred grand a year. Yeah. You can probably live off of that or you know, somewhat comfortably anyway. But yeah. you know, all kind of construction, uh, you know, transactional real estate, whatever. So we've had the benefit between my wife and I, Kaylee, is that we kind of get to try a little bit of everything. And the ones we really like, we pour into a little bit more. And so I've been so full of gratitude to have I've had like a life of abundance and also like a ton of fun during it, you know? It's well, tell, tell me a little bit about what your real estate investing business looks like now. You've tried, you've dabbled in a bunch of stuff. You've focused on certain things. What does you and your wife's business look like these days in Canada and the States? What's your primary focus? Yeah. So our fundamentally, like uh, the Pal Property Solutions is our, is our umbrella company. And my main focus with that company is is raising capital and finding opportunities. And I marry the two. And then part of my operations is to complete 
the you know transition of these properties. So whether we're converting a single family home to a duplex, which really doesn't work numbers wise anymore, but we've done bigger projects of converting like a 20 unit rooming house to like in individual suites. We've done things like that too. So um, that is my number one thing. So I focus on making, uh, you know, connections with people. I try to, you know, inspire people who are interested in real estate. I find real estate's an easy conversation to have. People genuinely love the conversation around real estate and the market. Yeah. But I find that with that, people also have obligations to their families, to their jobs, to whatever they have going on in their lives. And I find that in real estate investing, especially it's time in the market, not timing the market. So you, it's super easy to just blink and five years have gone by and you haven't invested. Yeah, tell me, tell me like, about oh, it. Right? I should have bought that property on one, two, three main street. And yeah. you know, it, it, you, you blinked for a second and then there, there was a potential of $200,000 you might have left on the table. So I try to kind of help people understand that. And, and I, I guess what I was trying to ask there, Alex is what do you guys do primarily? Like, are you, Flippers, are you multifamily investors? Multifamily uh, investors. And and are you, you know, it sounds like you're doing stuff down in the States. Are you focusing on flipping down there or are you going to get yep. into long-term buy and hold? What's what's I, the big so picture? Flipping, so we do a lot of flips, and but flipping is a means to an end. And I, what I mean by that is, to answer your question, in a one nutshell, yes, I am predominantly into long-term buy and hold or mm -hmm. burr type uh, strategies because- we have a lot of construction experience. I like to take properties that are underperforming, convert them, and then make them cash flow and then pull capital back out. That in a right. nutshell is what we do. Mm -hmm. We do a lot of flips. We do a lot of construction. We do all this stuff, but they're all to support that main business. So, for example, we'll do flips so that we take that money and we you know, fund either the business side, fund either lifestyle, or we'll reinvest that into the next opportunities so that we can grow our portfolio. Okay. So then when you're working with investor partners, are those folks primarily for the flip side of your business, or do you also do joint ventures for the long-term buy and hold? So for the long-term buy and hold, the people that are holding an equity position in those properties, we will only do buy and holds with them. So the, that's the joint ventures. We joint venture with people, uh, you know, on a percentage split on the equity yeah. side, they bring the capital. We do all the work from finding the deal all the way to the end side managing it. Mm -hmm. When it comes to flipping properties, we work a lot with private lenders. However, it's just we've seen from experience that when you're joint venturing, you're just leaving a lot on the table. So it makes more sense financially to just borrow money at 10%. We've never ever once been even late on a payment, let alone defaulted. Mm -hmm. So it's, you know, we have a lot of reoccurring people who just, you know, want to throw their money. It's like fishing. They throw it out right. and they just bring back a little bit extra every single okay. time, which is good. So, yeah. So that may, that makes sense. So because you and your wife are full-time into real estate investing, you're not doing the realtor business anymore. Is that correct? We, we do. Like, for example, yeah, well, I have two listings right now, but uh -huh. we have the benefit of being able to list our own properties. Yeah. Um, and we do for friends and family, but we're not your... You're wow, not focused you on know, that. Get your home sold kind of thing. <laughs> so, we have the license. I think of my license like a driver's license. I have license yeah. to sell, but that's it. So, that's about it. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So I'm getting this now. So basically, you've got your long-term buy and hold side of your portfolio. That's great. That's generating some cash flow. 
you've got joint venture partners on with that. So you got to divvy things up, however you do that. And then to keep the lights on, to keep that lifestyle going, to create some pops of capital for, for you and your family, you're doing the, the flips and that's kind of your active income. Would that be a fair kind of yes, assessment there? Is, is that right on point? Exactly. Okay. No, yeah. that makes sense. All right. So talk to me a little bit about this excursion down to the States because you're, you're uh, an engineer by trade, if I understood correctly. So mm -hmm. that's telling me that you're a super analytical kind of guy and cross your T's, dot your I's kind of person. You think very... so? But I got that scroll complex. I totally do. That You got that what? Uh, I got that scroll complex, you know? <laughs> really, you know? <laughs> so I totally have explain that. why you're not in the engineering business anymore. But bottom line, yeah, you've, yeah. you've learned, chances are you're a hell of a lot more organized than some of the rest of us. Um, so, so tell me a little bit about the reason for going down to the States and, and what you guys are planning to do. And then also, uh, have you taken some of your Canadian investors along with you for the ride down in the States? What What's that looking like? That's how your business. Yeah, that's a good question. So what inspired all of this? I mean, obviously people know with the rising interest rates and with the sheer value of properties here in Ontario, the Southern Ontario specifically, we deal with like the Golden Horseshoe, St. Catharines, Hamilton, yep. Brantford, that kind of area, it's very, very challenging to make the numbers work. And even when you, um, even if you do find a slam dunk deal and you can convert it to the point where you can extract some capital, it, it, breaking even is like the best strategy you could kind of hope for. And I don't think that that's not necessarily the worst case scenario because I, you know, I believe I'm very bullish still on Ontario real estate. That's why we like to do flips and things like that. However, during this process, I was doing some reading because you kind of want to sharpen your axe at these times where there's uncertainty and try and get some clarity. And I read, I was rereading actually the Millionaire Real Estate Investor, the Gary Keller series book. Mm -hmm. I, I highly recommend it. It's a good one, but there was a, a, a portion of the book and the chapter title was like stick or switch. And they say that during, you know, political, um, you know, new policy changes, let's say, or economic changes that take place that affect the nature of your investment business, you have a choice as an investor. You can either stick or switch. And what they mean by that is you can stick with what you're doing right now, but you'll have to expect that there's different results. And whether, if you can make those results work, great. If not, you have to switch. And that is changing up what your strategy is by either location or what you're doing in real estate investing. Like for example, um, in a in a market where there's an abundance of listings, you don't necessarily want to get into the flips. You know, it might be better to get into like a, a, a rent to own type of scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So like there's different markets actually will allow for different strategies. So for us going to Cleveland, we kind of, or sorry, not Cleveland, uh, Columbus, it was kind of an, a good excuse. We've always kind of talked about, you know, trying to buy in the States. I've got very good family friends there. So it was also an excuse to buy everyone down there. I could kind of go visit. Yeah. Um, but it all, it kind of worked itself as almost a hedge. Now, once again, I, I'll repeat, I still buy in Ontario and, you know, from like that stitcher sticker switch scenario, it wasn't like a cut one out to do the other. It was a, you know what? let's try this now because this might be a good opportunity to, to play in an area where we can potentially diversify what we're doing. 
And so the idea behind moving to the States was to create a, a business that could become more systematic and more uh, almost like you have a rubric. It's not like you're kind of hoping for that next lead. It's yeah. that you're running your numbers and you know, you're, you're looking for like a $30,000 benchmark of, you know, every flip that I do should net $30,000. And so you kind of start to create a more defined buy box mm -hmm. and the price points there are crazy. Like what I can buy in the Hamilton mountain for $750,000, I can buy in Columbus in a similar type of area for $130,000. Wow. Yeah. So that's a huge differential. You can still cash flow on single family properties. You, there's no chance. You can't cash flow on triplexes in Hamilton hardly. And just, just for context, because I'm way over here in BC, how far away is Columbus from from where you guys are? Like, is oh, that a relatively easy drive? Yeah, it's six and a half hours. Yeah, so for Canadian standards, that's right next door. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I studied in Thunder Bay University, and that was like, twice the right the trip down yeah for sure it's a <laughs> I hear you, yeah it's an okay very very cool no that makes a lot of sense so you spent quite a bit of time kind of figuring out the structures figuring out the cross-border thing right? getting all that kind of stuff organized mm -hmm. so at this point we're we're september of 2023 how many flips have you done down in the states was it the, the first one that you got completed so the first one we sold we sold in three days nice. uh full ask and so that was a good one. Our second one is actually going to the market tomorrow. Nice. So I just uh, had my virtual call with the agent and the contractor, and they were just going through doing like blue tape to make sure everything was, it's great. You know, I've got a really good agent out there who holds the contractor accountable. I've got a really good contractor who picks up his phone anytime I call. Nice. And like, I don't have huge high standards, but like communication is a really important one. Yeah. You know, if you're uh, you're dodging my calls like i start to get jittery kind of thing right so <laughs> i don't blame you yeah and especially if you know property so, sounds out. like some of my ex-girlfriends but anyhow <laughs> yeah, totally. that's a different podcast i think Dave. yeah but uh but effectively yeah it, it's um it, it's opened my eyes to this idea that ge geographically we can be a lot closer and not so much farther away and once again if Columbus, which has been doing really great economically, if it tends to teeter or if it starts to teeter, sorry, like maybe I can go to Indiana or mm -hmm. Kentucky or, you know, um, follow the whole sticker switch philosophy. Again. Exactly. You could, and now it's the same thing with Canada. It's kind of opened my eyes to, like, we do have an apartment in New Brunswick. We bought that one sight unseen as well, just because this mm -hmm. whole kind of process was happening. So I've never seen it, but there it is humming along, cash flowing every single month. Nice. It's crazy. But uh, it's, yeah, it's totally opened my eyes. And the goal that I think, like once again, flips to me is a means to an end. It's not, it's an active business. So if you mm -hmm. truly want to have financial freedom, you have to have your money working for you. If I stop flipping and that money stops coming in and I'm dependent on that for my lifestyle, it's not going to work out well right yeah it's, it's a job That's why, you know, people, flipping's a job exactly it's a, yeah it's, a, it's very full, lucrative can be, can be very lucrative totally. especially especially now that you've got it figured out so you can do it at a distance virtually without you ever touching a hammer um exactly. no that that makes sense so we've been hey. working with local folks to kind of funnel money back there we've got a corporate structure set up so that we avoid that double taxation Mm -hmm. And so there is a, a learning curve still, you know, we're still learning all these different things. We haven't bought and rented there yet, mm -hmm. although I can't wait because the rental laws are 
crazy way better than Ontario. Yeah. <laughs> oh my lord. So yeah. uh so anyway, like that's actually I think gonna be an easy transition. Like, you know, if it takes a little bit over 30 days to get a delinquent tenant, oh no, kind of thing. But uh yeah. yeah, so so there is still a learning curve. Like I can't say I've I've mastered that side, but I can say that I've applied the same learning that I have here by being conservative and very thoughtful in making money on the buy end first mm-hmm. on the buy so if you buy right and you buy in a good area you can hedge your bet a lot easier it's not it takes the, the big chunk of that risk element out rather Most than people definitely. want to buy a property and like i'll i'll just i can you know budget's 100 grand i'll figure out how to do it for 80 just never works do not do that so yeah. Yeah, that's Alex, no, that is fantastic. Uh, our time is up, my friend. So if people want to connect with you and find out more and and see what you're up to, what can they do? What's the best? Yeah, um, follow me on Instagram. It's Pal Property Solutions. There's an underscore somewhere there, but if you Google Pal Property Solutions, it's somewhere there. Also, our website, which is www.palpropertysolutions.com. Um, that has a place where you can reach out. You can even book a call if you have questions and there's some videos there on like what does joint venturing look like what does private lending look like so um but i do want to express my gratitude thank you so much i'm a huge fan of yours dave so i really appreciate you uh you having me on here well my pleasure thank you very much for being on the show and everybody thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you on the next episode